Foreman podcast should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to the Baron Foreman Take 5 Immigration Podcast Series. The Take 5 Podcast Series is a weekly five-minute high-level overview on what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. My name is Melissa Zalian. I'm a partner on the Labor and Employment and Immigration team at Byrne Foreman, and I will be your host for this podcast series. I've been working in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years in a wide variety of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, and education. And today I'm joined by another attorney on the Burr Foreman immigration team, John Eggert. John has several years of experience advising clients on a variety of business immigration issues, such as visas and green cards, and I've asked John to join me today as we continue to discuss the green card process. Last week, we talked about the PERM process, which is the first step in the employment-based green card process. Today, John and I are going to discuss a few common questions about the green card process to help you better understand what it takes to sponsor an employee for a green card. So John, one of the most publicized aspects of the employment-based green card process is the backlogs. Can you explain for us why we might see longer wait times for foreign nationals from some countries when they are going through the green card process? Sure. The short answer for why we see these long waits is because the number of green cards available is ultimately limited by law. First, Congress has limited the total number of employment green cards available each year to 144,000. The law also caps the total number of green cards that can be allocated to nationals of a single country to 7%, which works out to about 10,000 green cards available per country per year. If the per country cap for a specific country is close to being reached, the government restricts who can file the final portion of the green card through what's known as the visa bulletin. The restriction here through the visa bulletin is kind of what causes the backlog. The visa bulletin essentially tells us that foreign nationals with green card applications started on a day prior to X date are eligible to file the final portion of the process and receive a green card, while those with an application started after the date are subject to the backlog and must wait before they can file. Now, there has been some movement for changes in this area, right, Melissa? Well, John, that's sort of a yes and a no. Congress does seem to be aware that backlogs are a problem, but they don't exactly agree about other immigration-related issues. There are currently two major bills pending in the Senate that would eliminate per-country green card limits, one of which has already passed the House, but the current Senate version has pretty significant changes from the version that passed the House. Congress was actively revising the bills as of late February 2020, but of course we had the COVID-19 pandemic and that appears to have completely halted the process. Also, since we're in an election year, I think it would be unlikely that we would see something in this area or comprehensive immigration reform in 2020. Now, because of these backlogs, we get a lot of questions from clients on travel restrictions. So John, What type of travel restrictions do we see for individuals going through the green card process? Yeah, definitely. Travel is always a question we get. And it's important to know the rules here because it can really jeopardize a green card application if the rules aren't followed. Uh, The general rule here is that if a green card applicant has an I-485 application, which is kind of the final step in the green card process, uh, and he or she travels While that I-485 application is pending, the application is going to be deemed abandoned, meaning we kind of have to start the entire process over again. 
Now, if the foreign national has a dual intent visa, like an H-1B or an L-1 in their passport, they are going to be exempt from that general rule and can travel. Clients that don't have an H or an L visa would need to apply for what's known as advanced parole, and that is essentially just travel authorization. Uh, it typically takes the immigration office about 90 days or so to approve advanced parole. So if there are kind of business travel needs, those are going to need to be considered uh, as kind of the as part of the uh, pre-filing strategy. Uh, and right now, you would also definitely need to remember the COVID-19 travel restrictions, which can kind of vary from country to country. Now, Melissa, we've seen a lot of COVID-related impacts on immigration. What other types of effects have we seen from COVID-19 on green card issuance specifically? Well, in March, when we really started seeing the COVID pandemic cases start multiplying, the first big effect that we saw was embassy and consulate closures. And we've talked about that in some of the earlier podcasts. Also, people that were applying for green cards from abroad became stuck. The president issued a presidential proclamation in April that essentially put a hold on the issuance of any new green cards for those that were abroad. And we saw immigration offices in the United States closed to the public, but the good news is that that process didn't uh, grind cases to a complete halt. We actually have had some client interviews that have been waived, and that's been very helpful and removed a major roadblock to final approval for many individuals. So, John, I do have one last question for you. And in February, the administration recently implemented a new public charge rule that does apply to the green card process. So can you please briefly explain what this new requirement in the public charge area entails? Sure. The new public charge rule has actually been in effect for a long time. It's always kind of been there, but its enforcement has recently kind of been revamped into an area of emphasis as a result of the implementation of, of a new regulation earlier this year. The rule requires a foreign national adjusting to permanent resident, also known as green card status, to demonstrate that they're not likely to become a quote-unquote public charge in the future. And you know what the regulations define a public charge as is someone who is more likely to receive certain public benefits for more than 12 months in any 36-month period. And what the immigration office really is looking for here is essentially looking at the applicant's age and health, family status, financial resources, and education and skills to confirm that they'll be able to support themselves and not rely on public benefits like public housing, federally funded Medicare, or the Nutrition Assistance Program, formerly known as food stamps in the future. In order to pass this requirement, green card applicants are now going to be required to complete Form I-944, which requires some pretty extensive financial information and support. All right. Well, thank you, John. That wraps up our Take 5 immigration update for this week. We hope this update has been helpful as we strive to cover business immigration issues at the forefront. If you would like to see any topics addressed or you have questions, you can reach me at M-A-Z-A-L-L-I-O-N at burr.com or any other Burn Foreman attorney. Also, to find podcasts, webinars, and legal resources on immigration, please visit our website, burr.com. This series is also available on Apple Podcasts. Thank you again for listening, and have a great day.